Welcome to NFT Rebels, the podcast where technology, creativity, education, and non-fungible experiences meet each other. It's me, Annie Alexander, and in each episode, me and the Rebels will have a real unscripted talk, share genuine opinions, and show raw emotions. Should we start? Hello, everyone, and welcome to the NFT Rebels. Bill Elish is over in the studio. We tried to schedule this several times. Life got on the way. I'm super happy we finally yeah. made it. Welcome. I'm sorry I had to keep rescheduling, but we're here now. No, no, no. No worries at all. I'm super happy it finally happened. So um, welcome to the NFT Rebels. How are you doing today? Thank you very much. All good. How are you? Rushing, but all good. <laughs> fine, fine. Um, so, yeah, I really wanted to talk to you because um, I met you in, per- I mean, we, we didn't speak, but like I, I met you in person in the NFT London event and you were yeah. a speaker there. And and the one thing that struck me from everything you told and, and I realized like, oh my God, we're not talking about this so so much. And that's why I titled the whole thing was basically this whole illusion of overnight success right because we feel i feel like we're we're seeing this nice side of the things we think it's very easy many people come with the wrong expectations and then they get disappointed so i kind of you know that was the one point that stuck with me like as a highlight of realizing oh not that not many are actually mentioning it so um so i guess let's start from the journey, obviously, it wasn't overnight. It was a matter of many years. Um, so until you got into the NFT space, which is relatively new space, um, yeah. Wh- who was Bill before? I mean, I think it's a, a journey of over 10 years now. And it started off with me moving to the UK. To I went to university studying programming but I was completely useless at programming at the time. And this was back in 2007, 2008. And wow. I had this amazing opportunity because I grew up, I grew up in Greece, but my parents, my mother is English and my dad is Greek, but I always knew I wanted to just leave Greece and just broaden my horizons in a sense. Cause I was just, I came from a small town and came to this country programming and then, um, boards and electronics and stuff and it's what i thought i had to be learning at the time to make a sort of career and success because technology that's what everything was sort of being promoted at and web design and all these things but it wasn't my jam at all and i can't remember the exact year i think it was like a year or two into the course but i saw some amazing digital artists that were at the time on deviantart and all these art collectives doing artwork that i'd never seen the styles before it was completely unique and it wasn't following existing rules and ways of doing stuff they were using photoshop 3d animation code algorithms and all sorts of stuff mashing everything together creating something very special but what really inspired me was their sense of community they had closed communities where all these artists were sort of come together create releases learn from each other vote on each other's artwork, give feedback, and all come together. I think the main one was Depth Core at the time that I always dreamt of becoming part of, but I didn't know anything was I was starting up. And I just chose to set some key artists as main inspirations, and some of them were 
Nicholas Lundberg, Justin Moller, Boss Logic, who a lot of people know, uh, Pete Harrison and Mike Harrison, two brothers from the UK who are mixing digital photography and crazy graphics together. And I, I just work out, I want to be like them. And there's no set rule of how to do that. And I started teaching myself Photoshop and then eventually got into animation and After Effects and 3D. At the time, it was 3DS Max and then Blender. Uh, but that sort of paved the way into ZBrush and Cinema and all those sort of all the all that software that we now use. But at the time, it was still just me doing it for myself because it wasn't part of the university course. There was no yeah. sort of curriculum on it. It wasn't part of the final degree. When I graduated, I I graduated with good marks, but it was still borderline doing what they wanted me to do rather than what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And then there was a few, there was, well, I think it was like three or four years or five years of working nightclubs and bars just to fund rent and f- the loans from the universities oh. and stuff. And while doing my thing on the side, and then slowly started getting into DVNR and then Behance and then all the digital art magazines at the time, sending my work everywhere. My work looked a bit different because it was very vibrant, neon, and almost. It's- Still does though, even this one, the one that you're doing now, Thank it you. does look different. I think yeah. I mean it looked different to what I'm doing now, pretty different, but I was still sort of trying to find myself. I even did nightclub flyers, I did posters for an American football team, I did typography, I did logos. Not that I was any good at it, but it was through the natural process of doing these things where I started to realize what I really love doing, which is closer to what i'm doing this day but again at the time there was no belief that this could become a career like i had no sort of things to reference it towards to because i'd been working for so long just doing normal like everyday jobs and jobs that are nothing related to what i do now and i was fortunate enough to land a position in an advertising agency that focused on tv commercials and I stayed there for six years and I learned a lot about everything about advertising and animation and art direction, 3D, working with clients, finance, client expectations, and all these aspects of what makes art a career. But even then, I was very fortunate to be in this position because I eventually ended up becoming executive art director of the agency. But it was never... I had my voice, but it was never my creative voice, as in my visuals did not match the ethos of the company. Yeah. And it's it's a very unique, it's a very niche style when an illustrator creates their voice. And it's almost in a in a generalist agency, it's impossible to sort of brand that and pitch that to clients that have never seen it before. And I just kept doing it at home. I would work all day in the agency and I'd just go home and do my thing because online it was like a completely different world because at the time it was like Facebook and Twitter and Tumblr and all these spaces. It was, we were just doing artwork and we were getting the best response from people and fans and other artists in the space. And then from those years, that's how I met most of the artists that I consider friends and people that I look up to like Fuck Render and Rafa Grassetti and Rick and Malavida, Blake Catherine um, Justin Moller, there's so many artists, Iaforia, Victor Mosquera, all these people, we almost came from the same sort of generation of digital artists that 
our canvas or our gallery exposition place was social media and none of us did it for well we weren't getting paid and everyone worked for exposure in a sense in the hopes we did so much stuff for free in the hopes of building an audience and hopefully eventually being able to sell our art but also finding clients so we're basically creating shit tons of artwork to feed the social media algorithms so I don't yeah. know if all those if Instagrams and stuff success would be the same if it wasn't for artists, photographers, and all these creative people that used it as a showcasing medium for what we do now. And that went on for quite a while. I left the agency because there was just an, an unfortunate series of events where I realized the worth of what I was doing when I was approached by a big sports company that wanted me to do a key visual for them. And then the agency, due to contracts, I had to do it for them. And at the end, I ne- I'd never got paid anything. The agency got the full commission when I did the entire campaign by myself, working weekends and everything. And that sort of set it in stone that, well, I'm worth more than this in a sense that I need a better art quality of living and what I had to produce. I had a bigger voice than I thought I had, and that was through just years of thinking, well, you're not gonna this is not commercial enough and i decided to like just fuck that thinking and do my own thing and i left and i was pretty fortunate to where to start working with um the book industry and the publishing industry because my style of artwork was more close to what they were looking for in terms of cover art in books and stuff especially with the u.s market and that was an amazing run for two, three years. I'm very grateful for all those clients. And again, that unlocked more do- more doors in my career, working with cinema like John Wick and stuff, working with musicians like Ozzy Osbourne. And eventually that funneled through into the gaming industry. And the pinnacle for me was working for Blizzard and Diablo and doing key artwork for Diablo when years and years ago it was one of my dreams to even just get the art book. So like the concept artwork from Blizzard, it was always like a moment in time where like you save up, you buy the concept artwork, you have artists like Samwise in it and all these people creating amazing artwork and almost building a history around that brand. And I've still got that book in the studio to this day. And I think it was just seeing all these incredible artists. I wanted to be part of it. I wanted to be seen not as like better than all these people. I just wanted to feel part of this community of artists, no matter what voice we all had visually. And I was after all that success, I started focusing more and more on what I had to do aside from clients because clients are amazing and I'm very grateful for everything that's happened in my career, but it still felt working for someone else where the most joy I get from creating art is just me. By myself, it's something it's something vulnerable as an artist to create. And then we all seek validation from the, the everyone that supports us and the wider, uh, the wider artistical community. But the actual creation process is a very solitary experience, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, um, that's true. It's uh, 
I mean, you're telling the whole journey and I'm kind of, you know, I'm in my mind, I'm making like check marks of how many things is involved. It's not only like the number of the years and not only like, you know, how many different things you have tried and done during the years and how much skills have been evolved as a result, etc. It's also the, you know, the, the whole idea of getting the courage and actually taking that leap of faith and actually leaving and going on your own, which is kind of, you know, uh, it's, it's scary for many people, yeah. right? It's, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's not a very easy thing to do. It's also obviously kind of, you know, during the, before that, like, you know, juggling both and kind of, you know, sacrificing loads of things because in the evenings you, you also spend kind of, you know, creating and, and promoting and being on social media, et cetera, et cetera. So there are so many kind of things that are not seen, but actually, kind of they 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 take up not only the time and the effort but i'm i'm sure that you know you had periods where it was also not very easy mentally and you know you had times of uh, kind of you know times when um it wasn't so easy and smooth and you felt like you know it's not working out and you needed emotional support and things like that so i feel like it's such a intense sort of you know long period of all these different components that had to come together and loads yeah. of perseverance to go through it all to to end up where you are at the moment and i mean there are I many think moments in many artists careers where you're just ready to say just fuck this shit i'm done yeah uh, i remember one when i had um a very bad tax bill and tax debt and i just didn't have the funds to pay it because I had to relocate city for this new uh, 3D design job. And this was at a time where I created, I was trying to freelance because I thought that was the way to go while working bars at the age, like age of 23. And then not thinking that how much money I need to save away to pay for tax. And then there was an insane tax bill. And then I had debt collectors sending letters and all that stuff. And then I had to take the job to sort of continue going and there's other moments when i left as well i had i was clever enough and like predisposed in the sense that because i went through that fuck up and i didn't want to be in that position again i saved so i was very frugal with my spending and all the funds went to create sort of like a, a beginner platform so when i do go by myself i've got something in the background in case shit happens yeah and then all i did the, the beauty of it is from my experience, because I left working for other people at the time, I could just focus 100% on my brand. And if I was working on my brand before while ha having a studio job, now I had all the time just to work on what I had to offer. And then two months passed and I had, there was no clients or anything. So I had to think around it and we worked on prints and then found a, a skateboard deal. So we had limited edition skate decks. It wasn't like an, a crazy income but it was something and at the time we all used places like society six or imprint or red bubble and all these places mm -hmm. just to get something in to keep going and then after the first three months i was lucky to land the first one of the first uh, cover illustration jobs for the publishing industry and then i just worked from there that first book did really good and then it was on the new york times top 100 uh, books to buy and the mm -hmm. um the author she was an um, amazing writer and it was a fantasy book and then i was fortunate enough that cover got appraised and then 
other clients from the industry came around and then we kept working but i didn't say no i kept i was doing everything because i didn't yeah. know when it was going to end i didn't know if it was going to end i didn't know when the run was going to continue at the time yeah that's i think that's another point right like you know that there are always like periods where you, you need to sort of suppress the ego uh, yeah. no matter what. Like you just have to suck it up and just go and do what needs to be done because there's no other way at that point of time. And then yeah. you have a choice, like the, the only choice is either to do that or to give up. Uh, yeah. But then, you know, it's always very hard to understand uh, every time you're you're on that crossroad, you're like, yeah, but if I give up, maybe I'm just a few steps away, right? Maybe yeah. by giving up, like it's it's you. It's very hard because you don't know where in your journey you are. You can't really see the map. You you can't really see like how far you are from your goal, right? When yeah. it happens, you know it happened, but beforehand, it's very hard to predict. And I think so, the thing as well is we all focus on what is next so much, but then we forget to see where we've come from in a sense and how far we've come in the journey of what we do oh absolutely that, that that's a really really uh, good point because very often we we end up getting disappointed very fast but when we yeah. look back and compare to the times when we were way like in the way worse situations and even this disappointment is so much better than what we 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 were yeah. at before we just forget very fast right so it's yeah. it's a really really good point um NFT space and getting into this space, I I would call it like the second leap of faith, right? Because yeah, again, like for many people, I mean, we both know lots of traditional artists who are still not here and who still kind of are very skeptical and don't really look into this thing and don't really take it seriously, etc. So I was the same the when I got talked to about NFT. I was the exact same person. Really? Okay. So yeah. let's let's talk about your transformation then. Like someone approached you at one point, you were very skeptical, you probably said no. So Yeah, I was approached and it was IV Gallery and I, I believe uh, Super Air as well. And I just I was brainwashed my entire career by everyone around me in a sense of like working and galleries and stuff that uh, digital is digital therefore it's easy therefore it has no value as compared to physical art mm, and okay. i was that was the brainwashing i had in my head and i even i was even one of the idiots that said but what if you just screenshot it or right click and save it because i didn't understand <laughs> I, I had no background of blockchain i didn't understand the technology yeah. and but I got into a debate with some artist friends of mine. I believe Euphoria and Fuckrender were at the time. And we were all learning as well because it was new and it was approached us in this way. And then we were all trying to find out what it was. And then when I, was it, was it a, approximately? What uh, time was it? I think it was like September, October 2020. Okay. Um, and that's how it started. But I didn't, I, I kept the discussion going because I wanted to understand this new technology. And then as soon as, it was explained to me, but it's, it's on the blockchain and the tokens and the transactional data and the locking the information on the blockchain. And at the time, was pretty young. Uh, what we were creating was assigning a token to an image or a video, but it's exploded since then. So much more that can be done with NFT. And yeah. almost it came to a point where I'm like, well, no, well, we deserve digital art because I was just focusing on digital art at the time, but it deserves to have a medium that is native to it because I was appropriating digital art 
in physical mediums or trying to imitate like a physical aesthetic, but the medium was digital. So it almost mm -hmm. felt like, like I felt like an imposter in both worlds. Mm -hmm. So that was the problem with me understanding both. Because in the physical world, I felt an imposter because I was digital. But then in the digital space, I felt like an imposter because I wasn't a digital purist trying to mimic what people mm -hmm. were doing in the physical space. But it was, and then so what happened with Beeple on his first drop. Um, and then the conversation just kept going. And I said, well, I'm going to give this a try. But I didn't want to, I wanted to give it a decent try and create a series of collection because everything mm -hmm. I do has a, is a collection and has a tail. And I wanted to do it right. And then since then, I think my understanding of the space is so much more in depth. And mm -hmm. I went from someone that I did not understand and was brainwashed against it to just seeing the beauty in this technology and everything all of us are doing because it's a brand new medium and we set the rules. There is no yeah. rules at the moment. We can create wherever we want. And we've seen it with so many people create universes and communities and gamification of art and evolving art, programmable art, living and dying art, music, and so many layers to what can happen in this medium. And I think it's, we're even barely scratching the surface at the moment. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And, and and I think that's that's the beauty of it because like as consumers, we also get exposed to so many things that we we would never have a chance to see in a traditional gallery, right? Yeah. All these gatekeepers would never sort of, you know, let those artists get exposure because it's not commercially viable or it's not a style that is, you know, accepted, uh, et cetera. So now we have so many choices and we can see so many things that, you know, we couldn't otherwise. So for for an art lover perspective, it's 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 also very very beneficial, not just yeah. for artists but also for people who are collecting art. I think it's 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 amazing, um, and it's great. Um, do you think your technology background actually helps you dive deeper into this whole thing and grasp the concepts better? Yeah, I think because I do work on digital mediums, even though I was trying to be someone I wasn't because I wanted to be in the galleries and all that stuff. It just wasn't the right time. And although I still, part of what I do, I like to balance both, and I like to balance history and beautification of darkness, but I also like the future of technology and how the historic mediums and historic artists and traditional, like not traditional anymore, but like physical medium artists can create amazing stuff in the NFT space. And same with digital medium. Like Tristan Neaton, a very an amazing graffiti artist, created an amazing NFT collection with generative portraits of Gemma. And I think if we f forget just the purity of physical art and understand that well, we live in a digital generation, everything we do is digital, and yeah. there's so much more that can be done. Even I'm... The thing that I love the most is that digital animation really has a platform now and people are really respecting and giving real value to amazing digital artists and animators that exist. And that wasn't that didn't exist in the past. Yeah. From no. the experiences I have and so many amazing artists that exist in a space. I've been working so long and so hard for so many years 
and they now have the platform to create wherever the hell they want. Yeah, I think that's that's the thing, right? The the first first of the things is kind of, you know, getting that access, direct access to your, you know, to your fans basically yeah. and getting the opportunity for your fans to discover your art, but it's also this creative freedom that you know, you you can do pretty much whatever you want because there yeah. are no rules that restrict anything. Like, you know, the entry is free for everyone no matter who you are and what kind of art you create, and therefore you can just be yourself. You don't even have to 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 even try to change anything about how you create things what you use as as a, as tools for that you know what kind of style you stick to yeah, etc yeah. you can you know you can even not have a style you can pretty much kind of experiment a lot until you find it and it still will work right it will be your t- thing so yeah. uh, i really get that um you mentioned beautifying um darkness Uh, and, and there is this, you know, that there is this common uh, thread, uh, you know, between all your collections, it's, it, it has that dark element into it, like that dark substance into it. Um, has it always been like that? I mean, you mentioned that you have created loads of different things, but like once you found your thing, was that darkness part of the, of, I think in in the core, it, it, it was like always there. It just took some time to find it because I remember as a teenager, um, my art teacher called my parents and told them I needed to see a psychiatrist because what I was drawing was a bit sinister. And it was just, I don't know exactly where it started, but that was what fascinated me to draw. And after all these years, I think I found the true cause of it, and that is portraying what I fear and like death Mm -hmm. and darkness can be terrifying. So I think the way I portray my artwork is my coping mechanism to handle things that I've, I fear and also see the beauty in them. So like losing loved ones or darkness in general and all these themes or even religion, I might not be religious now, but I have respect in the tales of multiple religions around the world and the universe and spirituality in general, doesn't mean I agree with a lot of the rules set by many religions, but there's beauty in all the tales that they have. And so much is part of human evolution. So I think all these things came together to influence what I do now. Yeah, because it it kind of reminds me when, when I'm looking at, you know, just, you know, in, in in parallel and when i look at the writers and the writing thing right because that that's my kind of you know yeah. discipline more or less uh neil gaiman is kind of you know he has all these dark stories but at the same time they're not really like black black dark so you're yeah. kind of fascinating about it you keep reading because you want to like know the whole story but you're scared but at the same time it also attracts you like yeah. you know it has this kind of dual effect of just I think you the know, fascination comes in the balance of the two and how they work together yeah I so that's like what fascinates me like balancing the two the beauty the darkness and the light yeah and it uh it it, it kind of it really works uh Thank you. the quality 
you know, I mean, there are obviously like because the barrier to entry to this space is is relatively low, right? And there are no absolutely no gatekeepers, just like what happened with self-publishing back in the days when Kindle Direct Publishing came across, like you end up like being flooded with all types of things. And not everything yeah. is of a high quality, right? Like, so you you kind of, you end up having different styles, but also like different uh, quality sort of levels and things like that. So you yeah. end up being like, yeah, over loads of things that are coming to you as as a consumer, right? As, as, as uh, someone who chooses art. Um, and there have been loads of criticism about this, right? About low quality art, someone putting like very low effort or, or absolutely no effort, uh, hiring a fiver, someone just yeah. just to do a few lines and and just or mint pretty much anything that they create without really kind of you know. Well, I think the the issue as well is it's such a new sort of space that it's when we when from when I started and all my peers at the time, it was a gateway for digital art. Well, then since then, so many different facets to this medium mm -hmm. exist because it, NFT is a medium. NFT alone is not just an art form. It's a medium for all these other aspects that can be built upon it. And there's a lot of collectibles. There's a lot of, there's also so many aspects to what this is happening now. So I think a lot of people can't see the difference or confuse just the term NFT with just, crazy pictures of like cats and mouses and stuff but there's yeah that's just one tiny aspect of what this medium holds and for me the space i'm in and the people i try to surround myself with is they're all creating art whether it's physical digital experiential performance code on the actual contracts as well like what pack does yeah. i think again all of us have this new challenge and this new medium, and it's almost addictive to see what else we can do with this medium. So it's constantly evolving, but I, I don't see in a few months or in a year being put in the same sort of category as all these other aspects, because naturally everything is splitting off into its own sub-genre. Yeah. No, I get it. Um, you mentioned several times the community overall and like, you know, the support and like, you know, from the very beginning and and now I, I can kind of, you know, feel that the NFT community in general is very supportive and very welcoming and uh, and that's a very important component kind of because like, you know, I don't know many NFT artists who actually um, know people uh, who understand this stuff or support this stuff in their real life, right? It's it's very hard conversation trying to explain the whole thing, right? What no, exactly all, all you're my doing mates, and no, all my mates know about it. <laughs> so, so uh, how how important it is, like especially when the artists are just starting, like getting into the space. How important is that support system, that community feeling, and where uh, should they start? Like, let's say they don't know anyone in the community what is the best way to sort of get engaged without being uh, a bit awkward uh, I, I think it's very very important and I mean I've been very fortunate in this space and I've had great success and I'm very grateful for that and a lot of artists haven't and a lot of artists struggle to be seen and there's so many things people can do even people can share them or a comment or just share with someone else you don't necessarily have to buy if you can't afford it. 
but there's so many things like the early days of Instagram and Facebook pages and all that stuff is it's almost similar to that. If, if you can't purchase something, but you can still help that artist grow and share around. And there's also connect with people around you. Like that's how I grew all my social media to the place I'm in today by creating artwork all the time, but also connecting with people that inspired me and collaborating or just talking, literally just DMing people that I found amazing. And a lot of them are now our friends. So I think that is very important. I mean, for myself as an artist, I run competitions where it's an open collaboration with a lot of artists and we give away monetary prizes and all that sort of stuff. As a collector, I've got a very big NFT collection and my my foundation collection, I try to buy artists that I love their artwork and they're not necessarily as big as some of the, on the other platforms and on hen as well got a big collection of hen i think for me is we all may have success a lot of us have had great success in the space and i just remember years ago where the position i was in and the position many artists are in today now and we're trying to help the way we can and there's amazing artists that are just not being seen and they deserve to be purchased and supported or if they can't be supported in financial manner from people they can still be shared and connected with others yeah absolutely so how do you choose your collection like when when you like something and you buy it like is it just i sell it it looks i mean like i like it or like do you have any any let's say you just go out there to look for art like how are you like what are do you have any criteria in mind or like how do, are you choosing it's a combination of of the the aesthetics and the visuals together with the sort the the emotional response I will get from a piece. Um mm-hmm. and I'm not talking about collectibles, I'm talking about pure no, digital course, art. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the times it's curated to myself and my partner because it will live in our house and my entire NFT collection from digital artists will be on loop and I want to enjoy it all the time. And for me is is supporting artists but also collecting what i feel as amazing art from people and that's those are my main criteria i don't my actual real nft art collection i don't care about flaws i don't care about who's resold to who is if i like the piece i'll go and buy it or i'll bid on it and open an auction Okay, That's sounds I mean, good. So even even between... if that artist is not someone who is known or kind of you know, even then, right? Yeah, that's because it's that's why my art collection is not to be flipped. So mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how big you are, how small you are. Is is the art is the art and the artist is what's important aside from numbers and hype and all that stuff. I've yeah. got a very big collection on Nifty Gateway, and that's because some of the people that are in my collection are good friends of mine, and I love to support, and I love what they create. But foundate, my collection on Foundation and Hen is purely art that I just appreciate for what it is. Yeah, got it. Since you there mentioned- was time on Hen, we didn't even know who was behind it because it was the early days of Hen. It was so hard to find information, so you almost yeah limited to just buying the art that you wanted 
Yeah, got it. Uh, since you mentioned the hype, um, do you, I mean, obviously it was like very, very, at a very high level at the moment and it's kind of overhyped and it's not natural and eventually it's, it's not, it can't stay there forever. That's what I mean. Yeah. Um, so uh, what do you, how do you feel like when the hype calms down a little bit, is it going to become a better environment for for artists just to be able to just focus on art versus just you know that whole noise that is around uh, surrounding the whole I thing? I think when it does come down, perhaps a lot of the wrong people that are in the space will go. Mm-hmm. It'll almost be a sense of cleansing because when I started as well, the hype wasn't anywhere near what it is now. And the majority of people that I was connecting with were here for the beauty of this new medium and the art associated with it. And yes, I've, I've flipped collectibles and I've flipped art and then sometimes I paper handed because I don't know what I'm doing. I never had crypto. So I'm learning same with a lot of other people. But what I've learned now is I focused what I tried to collect in a more way more streamlined process that is can I live the rest of my life owning this artwork and enjoying it? Therefore, yes, I'll go buy it. As mm-hmm. there is a side to flipping with everyone, and I just I just worry that a lot of people, almost even more the majority of what's happening is purely for the flip. And we're forgetting to appreciate what is behind that. And I'm not talking about collectibles, talking about art and stuff. There's always, there's a lot of talk about numbers and I've been, I've done the same and I've fallen into that back in March and it's, it's easy to get sidetracked and focus on that. But I think what I focus on is the message behind the artwork and what I try to do and trying to give back more value to all my collectors while also continuing the journey and the message I have to give. But I think if it does calm down, it will hopefully calm down some of the noise and then some new stars can emerge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think something similar happened back in in the days when there was the crypto winter after the ICO hype, because ICOs yeah. were very similar, right? It was like a very huge hype and then things started dying out. And then, you know, it was a very kind of... Uh, uh, yeah, quite dull and boring and, and for many people, very devastating crypto winter for about a year, a year and a half. And mm. that's when all these projects that promised to build stuff, like, you know, only those who actually were planning to build it and were serious about it stayed. And because there was no noise anymore and many people left the market, uh, they they were able to focus on actually building what they were supposed to build without yeah. any distractions, without this whole kind of, you know, noisy atmosphere and loads of different players coming into the play, right? Uh, so I feel, yeah, I agree with you that probably something similar will be happening here as well. And then I have all the you know, quote-unquote artists who came here for the quick buck because they, you know, they realized it's a hot space, all these, you know, different projects and collectibles who are just here for fundraising kind of element of it um, are going to probably, it's not going to be very attractive for them anymore. So, you know, they they would just leave and find, you know, maybe chase something else instead. Yeah. 
So <laughs> yeah, that, that's I, fine I, if they. That's fine for people that want to go, and that's it's their choice. I think it's it's very evident who is very invested in this new medium and everything that's happening around. And I think it's it's important as well to help lift up people that are not being seen and just give them some space once all the noise comes down a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I also think, I don't know what you think about this, but, you know, since you kind of, you know, you understand both sides of the story, the tech side of it and technology behind it and also the art side of it, um, I have a feeling like we will end up with so many way more interesting and challenging projects and innovative projects when the tech people in the space and the artists actually get together and start yeah. dialogue and start collaborating because I just feel like it's not happening enough. And yeah, uh, I think but- some people are doing it very well. Yeah. And it's the innovation. That's what I'm excited to see. Whether it's not I create innovation, I try to all the time, but it's it's amazing to see what some people can do and how to keep pushing this medium forward. I think, but yeah, it's a connection between the two is I was very fortunate to work with Manifold on my uh, contract, my smart on smart contract where we launched it uh, back in September for the balance drop. And I'm working on stuff now, which I can't disclose because it's a lot of work going in, but I'd like to focus more a bit more on the technology side as well and the mechanics and ideas of just using NFTs more as a medium and a token of purchase instead of just a straight up visual to 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 uh, purchase conversion. So I think there's so much more to be done and there's some like Pack and Rafik are doing incredible stuff and Daniel yeah. Larsham and Mad Dog, so many people, fuck render, so many people are using this medium for a lot more than just the visual connection. Yeah, absolutely. I just feel like, you know, if more artists understand the potential and kind of understand how it works, then they will have more ideas of understanding what else could be done. Because I have a feeling like people stick to this image to token sort of, you know, um, model because they don't know what else is possible, right? So I feel like there is this mismatch and probably uh, a need for bridging that and and because uh like you know you you can come up with ideas based on if you know what is possible and i have a feeling that many artists unfortunately don't really understand yet how much more is possible than what you they think at the moment yeah and the thing is not all of us know the full potential yet either is these ideas coming up and we're all sort of building on that and seeing from other people and getting inspired by innovations happening and even just the smallest of reference of inspiration could just spark off a complete new idea. Yeah, no, I get it. Uh, you mentioned manifold and kind of you know the custom contract and, yeah. and having your own project in the uh, whole way. As far as I know, they also opened it to to the public recently. Yeah, it's open right? to all creators, so anyone can just go and create their own smart contract. Okay. And I'm pretty you- sure uh, foundation. Yeah, it has a collections. Uh, yeah, I think it, yeah. Uh, if you if you mint a collection on Foundation, it's sort of you know you can have your uh, your specific sort of name in yeah. the contract, and 
And I believe Super as well have custom contracts. But I'm all team manifold because we that's what we built together and I just love the process and how they just make it easy to understand for everyone and everyone can create and hold power on their own smart contract. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's it's just, you know, why depend on a centralized uh, platform if yeah. if this whole thing is about decentralization and taking back control, right? Yeah. Um but there is one point about this that I was just thinking about uh the thing is like uh, people who uh, who are way more advanced and already have a certain fan base and an audience, um, they probably like, you know, if they go that route and can gain back control, have their own contracts, sell it from their own you know, or mint it on their, from their own website, it will work out from them for them probably. The person who's yeah. just starting and doesn't really have that traction yet do you think it's it's still a good idea or should they start from some platforms to just, you know, build their brand, gain more visibility, build that audience themselves before segueing to it? Like, do I you think, think it's... building your connection and audience is very important. And I think this is just some of the experience I've had. I worry sometimes that people expect it to just happen instantly where... It's it's work. It's is nonstop social media to build to grow all this all these audiences is is not it doesn't happen within a month. It takes time and genuine connection and discords and talking to people and connecting and collaborating and I think it comes in waves as well. Is we had what I loved about Hen was it was almost the um, I forgot the name. It was the Robin Hood of the NFT, in my opinion, because mm. everyone that couldn't be seen went to Hen, and it almost didn't matter who you were because, like, the, the site and the UI was so hard to navigate that you were just focusing purely on the artwork, and it gave so many people so much power into monetizing the artwork they were creating. I mean, I'm I'm no expert in growing audiences, but I've just been, that's what I've been doing for like the last 10 years. And I feel it's this connection with people and discussing and sharing all the time is the keys to this. And yes, it is hard because there's a lot of stuff everywhere. And was that you? Sorry. <laughs> no, that that's the traffic outside. So it's oh, just, uh, Ralph, sorry. It from this window. No, no, and, sorry. It's from my window. <laughs> Yeah, I think growing and connecting is very important. And these platforms do help a lot of people. It's just sometimes hard to get in because there's so much volume trying to get in. And to be yeah. seen, that's it is is not the straight, most straightforward of things. But I mean, a lot of people that have had great success came almost from nowhere in a sense of the social media visibility in what is nft i remember like lirona you know hashtag boy mm-hmm. and uh yep. kid eight for example I, I can't remember where i saw it but i'm pretty sure it was like a year ago if not more and they they did a they did a piece different times different completely different projects but somehow i noticed that people started noticing and i think is there's a lot of tales of people graying amazing artwork 
and through sheer determination and hard work, they get seen. Like Dom Quek and another amazing 3D artist that came into the space and not many people knew him, but he kept working and kept creating and now is one of my favorite digital artists in the space, especially on Super Rare. Like he's doing amazing and he takes yeah. the time to create unique artwork and engage with the space and his collectors. Yeah, I think that that's another point that is very important to engage with the collectors as well, right? Because like at especially the like you know the in the very beginning where you're just starting because they are the ones who basically you know support you at the times when you're not yeah. so well known. So it's kind of you know it gives you the self esteem, it gives you the kind of you know a belief that it's possible because I think like yeah. the first sale is is you know uh, mentally very important because you're kind of everyone is coming with this self-doubt and not really understanding where they they are in this space and whether yeah. people will like their art and stuff like that so especially the first collectors are very, very playing a very crucial role in artists life and i, I feel as well there's and another problem that happens a lot of times a lot of people a lot of artists get discouraged because their one of one hasn't sold yet yeah, but one of one is an amazing concept, and he works so many times, and is so unique and limited. But also, in the normal world we're used to, not every single artist that sells has one of ones. A lot of people like this might be a crude example, but a lot of people like prints on the walls, but no one can they can't afford to have a one of one of an artist. Yeah. So. That's why so many people do limited editions and various other mechanics. So my advice would be if one-on-ones are not working for you, maybe just try something different and mm-hmm. then keep building on it because you never know where the success might come from. If something's not working, yeah. reassess and just try something else. And there's no crazy recipe for success. We're all trying and trying to figure it out as we go along. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess we can wrap it up just going back, like doing a full circle and going back to the fact that, yeah, I mean, overnight success may sound very romantic and very attractive for many people. And we may think that, you know, everything is very smooth and nice and the person just gets there uh, because of sheer luck or whatever. Uh, but it's just that Instagram effect, right? Where people are yeah. using those filters where they showcase only the nice parts of their lives and, and you don't see the back, you know, the backstory. You don't see the tears. You don't see the, you know, the loneliness or whatever, whatever. Like the ugly stuff has never been shown. So, yeah. so I just wanted sort of, you know, to talk about this to showcase that it's, it's not, I mean, I haven't really matched someone with overnight success they all leave yeah. that impression but it's never the case it's you know yeah i mean it, it's easy to we, we kind of leave that impression because a lot of us has had success in a year because the real big nft boom has been the last year and a half sort of thing and yeah. but i quite like i can't remember the quote or where i read it but they well, they compared life to compound interest, and I stand by that in artwork as well, is the concept of compound interest. Something might not happen today, something might not happen tomorrow, might take a month. You might be going to the gym or dieting, but you won't see a difference every single day. But when you time up consistent ethos and, heart and work and con- consistent building, 
in this period of three, six months, the results will show whether it's improvement in the art you create or your connections and everything. I mean, it might seem big coming from me because I've had great success in the space, but I like to compare it to people that I know. And I've come from literally almost nowhere in the digital art world, as in nowhere in a sense of they're not a big name or any of that stuff, but they've put the work in and they've created something very unique that it's impossible to just not be noticed. I think make a statement loud enough that no one can ignore you is something I think is important. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. When when the space is so crowded and there is so much really good stuff out there, I think it's it's very important to figure out what is going to make you unique and what's going to make you stand out and just highlight yeah. that part because we are all so different as personalities we're different as whatever we create our experiences are different our backgrounds are different so just finding that unique something that is making you you and just yeah. highlighting that somehow finding an artistic way of of showcasing that in, in every very... piece that you do and it's still very early as well is the the community the the nft space has exploded but there's also a lot of the wrong people in the space and we don't have mass adoption yet no so no. we've got a lot of creatives and we've got a certain amount of people that do collect and stuff and unfortunately at the at now it seems the majority of people just go towards collectibles and sort of PFP projects because that makes money. But I yeah. feel it's always a cycle. And as the adoption gets wider and then this just becomes another, like not, not normal as in it's not important, but it becomes a way of life as in NFT becomes a way of life. Same as the way we would buy prints or we yeah. would buy apparel from an artist or we will buy a song on iTunes or stream something on Spotify. Same with all the, I think, We'll come to a point where it's just normal life and then the headlines won't matter as such anymore. It'll just be your connection to your audience, direct artists to who you're trying to market and appeal to. Yeah. And then a nice sense of calm. Yeah, I totally agree with you because at the moment, like even the mass media is not really helping much, right? The headlines are yeah. specifically highlighting the numbers, which is why the people who care about those numbers or about making money are the ones yeah. who come in mostly and they come in for collectibles because that's what yeah. they see and that's what they read. So I, I totally agree with you. But on the other hand, like, you know, when things calm down, like I'd rather, you know, end up with uh, with really beautiful art in my wallet rather yeah. than bunch of like you know it, during the crypto times uh, many people ended up with so-called shit coins in their wallets right yeah yeah uh, so you know i'd rather end up with you know a couple of really really great artwork rather than like bunch of uh, animals that i can't even sell to anyone yeah. right and i think it's important <laughs> so, not to buy spend what you can afford and be ready to sort of keep it forever it or well, not yeah. even lose it because I don't buy art thinking that I'm going to lose value or anything. I don't buy art for the value yeah. of it. No, no, I, I meant for I, the I collectibles. Get collectib I get yeah. collectibles for the value of them Yeah. and sometimes the art or the gamified side of it. But when it comes to art, and I, I'd like to speak just for artists alone, just 
I don't see it as buying something that its value matters if it goes down. It has value because it's an incredible piece of art. To me, it has artistic value. It's almost the financial value of it is not important to me because the connection with the art and the artist is what I treasure the most. And to continue that thought, I also tell all the time to the artists, like if you didn't have sale or if you sold for a small amount, it doesn't define you as an artist. It doesn't define your worth as an artist. Like, yeah. you know, it, it, that, that you shouldn't really put equal mark between those two things because yeah. there's so many different components and elements coming into place. It's not just the quality of the art. It's not just you as an artist. There are loads of other things yeah. that, that are playing into this role so definitely agree with you well i mean thank you very much for your time it thank was you very really much. really useful discussion i hope that we managed to bring in a bit of like more real perspective and 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 a sort of more realistic view on things um so people can kind of um imagine things better from 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 the and looking at things from the right angle and coming in with the right expectations um so they they know what to look for and what to be prepared for as well so yeah yeah, yeah i think that's a good point well thank you very much i i wish you Amazing. success with that new project that you're doing at the moment you. that you couldn't talk about um so we'll just wait Next and time. see what's coming um we will be very curious so yeah good luck with that one and i'm very happy that i had you over and sorry i delayed it so long but no 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 right is it all no 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 i mean it, it happens even i sometimes have to reschedule with yeah. my guests which is even way worse than when the guests do that so <laughs> i appreciate no you taking the time to speak to me about this yeah thank you very much that's all that I had for you today. Thank you very much for listening. I truly appreciate every single one of you. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review because that would help the podcast grow. And to make sure that you're up to date with my articles as well, please subscribe to my newsletter at anialexander.com backward slash NFT rebels. Take care and I'll meet you in the next episode.